0: More than half of the first month of 2022 is now in the past, and it's hard to monitor for certain if time is moving faster or slower than usual. In the absence of precise machinery, the purpose of Charlottesville community engagement is to document as much of the time as possible in the hopes of better understanding all of the forces at work. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. And on today's program, Albemarle supervisors are briefed on potential transportation projects, including a funding request for a microtransit demonstration project. Governor Glenn Youngkin addresses the General Assembly and lays out his request for charter schools, tax cuts, and more changes to state policy. COVID hospitalizations remain at record levels, but there are signs the Omicron surge may be slowing. And a very brief legislative update. in today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out. With winter weather here, now is the time to think about keeping your family warm through the cold Virginia months. Make sure you are getting the most out of your home with help from your local energy nonprofit, LEAP. LEAP wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round and offers free home weatherization to income and age qualifying residents. If you're age 60 or older or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. There are signs the Omicron surge is beginning to recede in Virginia, though the number of COVID-19 hospitalizations remains high. The Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association reports 3,948 people in hospital across the state, with 676 in intensive care units and 377 on ventilators. However, the 7-day percent positivity has declined to 32.7 percent, down from 36 percent a week ago. The 7-day average for new cases has declined to 15,998. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are 114 new cases reported today, and the percent positivity is at 27.5 percent. No new fatalities have been reported within the last week. Sergeant-at-arms.
1: Mr. President, his Excellency the Governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia.
0: The members will rise
1: and receive the Governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia.
0: In an address to the General Assembly yesterday afternoon, Governor Glenn Youngkin covered a wide range of priorities in his speech. The 74th governor won election in November with 50.58% of the vote.
2: After years of fractured politics, a deadly pandemic, lives and livelihoods lost, soaring mental health and incidents that have woken us all up to the challenges that this pandemic has caused, including drug overdoses, rising crime rates ever-increasing costs for housing, food, and fuel. Virginians have sent us here to turn the page. They came out in
0: record numbers. Youngkin gave a lot of specifics. For instance, he said he wants to invest $150 million in state funds to create 20 charter schools.
2: Whether they're called charter schools or lab schools or innovation schools, it doesn't really matter. I don't care what we call them, I just care that we do it.
0: Youngkin suggested these schools could partner with the state's higher education institutions. He also reminded the General Assembly of his 11 executive actions signed on Saturday, including one to ban the use of inherently divisive concepts in public education.
2: Virginia's parents want our history, all of our history, the good and the bad to be taught. And they want their children to be taught how to think, not what to think. We should not use inherently divisive concepts in schools, including critical race theory. And why we should not be teaching our children to see everything through a lens of race.
0: Youngkin also explained that he's ending the mask mandate for public schools, something many school systems, including Albemarle, have said they will continue to enforce. He also said he will fight federal vaccine mandates, and in his written comments, he said he would not use the power of the executive branch in Virginia to call for more shutdowns.
2: The science, since the beginning of the pandemic, has not been static. We now have therapeutics, better testing protocols. And fortunately, a less severe variant. And of course, we have vaccines. It means educating our friends and neighbors and encouraging them to get the vaccine and the booster.
0: Youngkin also wants the General Assembly to suspend the gas tax increase that went into effect last year and to raise the standard deduction for Virginia's income tax. He also wants to reduce the tax burden for public safety workers and the military.
2: Anyone who wears the uniform risks their life each day on the job. And this includes police officers, firefighters, EMTs, every first responder that keeps us safe.
0: The new governor wants to use $100 million from the American Rescue Plan Act for a new training and equipment grant program for law enforcement.
2: Furthermore, I'm asking you to dedicate $26 million in state funding for police departments but only in localities that are increasing funding for their police departments.
0: Yunkin also announced he wants to create a Coastal Virginia Resiliency Authority. To watch the whole speech, there are two links in the newsletter. One is from 13 News Now and one is from Wavy TV 10. Go take a look and watch the whole thing. Last week, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors promoted Sean Reeves to be the next police chief in the county. Reeves began his career in Albemarle as a patrol officer in 2001 and currently holds the rank of Major. He will succeed Ron Lance, who retires at the end of February. Here's a section from the press release. Major Reeves has played a pivotal role in several ACPD priority projects, including creating the Cybercrimes Unit, developing a community coalition around mental health crisis response, advancing the body-worn camera program, and serving as the lead ACBD personnel in the county's incident management teams for COVID-19, the at-ready statue removal, and the events of August 12th. The perfect record of the 2022 Virginia General Assembly is now broken, as the first pieces of legislation have begun to fail. As of this recording eight bills are listed as having failed. For instance, a bill from Senator David Sutterlein, a Republican from the 19th district, is related to municipal elections and that was defeated in the local government committee. That means that all localities will need to move their elections to November. A bill from Senator Mark Peake, a Republican from the 22nd district, to halt the gradual increase of the state's minimum wage was passed by indefinitely in the Commerce and Labor Committee. Another bill from PEAK that would have allowed localities to hold non-binding referenda was also defeated in the local government committee. Other bills have been consolidated into other pieces of legislation, including one from Senator John Edwards, a Democrat from the 21st District, that would order a review of previous sentences made under mandatory minimum rules. As I record this, there are still 2,030 bills pending as this is recorded. In today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, what does the phrase missing middle mean to you? What does the missing middle have to do with the affordability of places to live? On Thursday at noon, the Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership will hold a webinar with two experts. Suzanne Muma is the chair of the University of Virginia School of Architecture, and Emily Hamilton is the director of the Urbanity Project at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. The pair will discuss challenges and obstacles to more density as part of the Regional Housing Partnership's continuing education series. You can sign up at tjpdc.org. Returning to local information and specifically about transportation. There is a deadline this year for localities and regional bodies to submit projects to the Virginia Department of Transportation for potential funding. Four rounds of the smart scale process have taken place so far, and planners across the Commonwealth are preparing applications for a preliminary deadline this spring. Jessica Hirsch Ballering is a transportation planner with Albemarle County, and she briefed the Board of Supervisors on January 12th.
3: The top three projects um, Avon Street, uh, bicycle and Pedestrian Improvements, 5th Street Extended Bicycle and Pedestrian Improvements, and Belvedere-Rio Intersection Improvements, um, are all projects that we're considering for um, a smart skill submission as county applications.
0: hirsch Ballering said applications will draw from corridor studies recently conducted in all three of those areas. Further study is underway for future projects such as the U.S. 250 West and U.S. 29 Interchange, as well as Crazy Avenue and U.S. 250 West.
3: We need these studies to wrap up and make their final recommendations so we know exactly what infrastructure we would be requesting in each of these project applications.
0: Some of these projects may be submitted by the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission, which can submit four applications as the TJPDC and four applications as the Charlottesville-Albemarle Metropolitan Planning Organization. Transportation staff will return to the Board of Supervisors later in the spring to get final thoughts from the elected officials. As Albemarle County reviews its comprehensive plan, transportation staff will be working on a multimodal transportation plan that will become one of its chapters. That work is being seen by planning manager Rachel Falkenstein.
3: We're working closely with Rachel Falkenstein's team to determine our next steps.
0: Tomorrow, the Board of Supervisors will have a long discussion on transit's future in Albemarle. Hirsch Ballering previewed the discussion of the regional transit vision.
3: The vision plan was intended to create a community-driven vision of the future of transit for our region. There's a need for additional funding and collaboration to meet the community's expectations for transit.
0: Supervisors will be presented with a request for funding to begin a microtransit pilot project on Pantops and U.S. 29 North.
3: We'll have someone from the consulting team here with us next week. He is going to walk us through all of the details of what microtransit is and why they're recommending it for these two locations.
0: Charlottesville City Council would be briefed on transit later today. This morning, a technical committee of the MPO Policy Board was told about a governance study that the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission is coordinating and are applying to the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation for funding. Lucinda Shannon is a transportation planner with the TJPDC.
3: The study is to establish a formal arrangement to support regional coordination and planning around the
0: transit operations. Shannon said the regional transit vision is recommending a formal authority with an authority that could bring in additional revenue. If the DRPT awards the funds, the 18-month study wouldn't begin until the new fiscal year. The consultants for the project are AECOM, JWA, and EPR. Insert wordle joke here.
3: They're looking at the model that um, Richmond has taken on with their new transit authority. So they're suggesting um, creating some type of uh, a regional authority that would levy um, a small percentage of sales tax. And then there is the wholesale gas tax to look at um, and... Those are the two main funding sources that they're recommending us for us to look at. In
0: 2009, the General Assembly passed legislation allowing creation of an authority, but the Republican-controlled legislator did not pass legislation to allow a referendum on a local sales tax increase. The MPO Tech Committee adopted a resolution to proceed with a governance study. Charlottesville and Albemarle will be asked to make a local match.
3: We wanted to make sure that you were aware of the study. That
0: last person was Sandy Shackelford, the transportation director for the TJPDC. One reason to plan for transit is to deal with the increasing number of residential units in the area. At the end of the supervisor's presentation, planning manager Kevin McDermott listed several developments that are under review.
1: These include the Old Ivy residences, uh, a large residential development on Old Ivy Road, right adjacent to the the Bypass, Uh, the Heritage on Rio, another fairly significant residential development on Rio Road just to the west of 29. Uh, Southwood phase two is currently under under review. Uh, The North Fork Discovery Park, which would um, amend that previous rezoning to add residential uses to the North Fork Discovery Park up in Northern Albemarle County. Um, Old Dominion Village, which is uh, located on Route 240 in Crozet on the north side, there, uh, uh, you know, medium-sized residential development, uh, and then finally Willow Glen, which is over off um, Earlysville Road, and uh, they are that is a previous rezoning that they have submitted to uh, actually increase the the number of residences that were previously approved out there.
0: This was the first time New Supervisor Jim Andrews was briefed on transportation issues. He had this note.
3: It would be nice to see some maps once in a while where we look at the development projects in the context of these reports on the presentations of different world
0: projects. More on transit as the wheels of this week continue to go round and round. <laughs> And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for January 18th. Thanks to everybody for listening, and uh, please do send it on to someone else who you think might be interested in listening to it. Going to cut this bit off short today, but if you'd like to support this program, please visit infoseville.com so you can learn all of the various things and ways you can do that. There's also a lot of old articles and things you might have heard on this program. Archiving them there is helping me give a better sense of what the heck I write about and hopefully that can benefit you too and of course if you visit the support the info tab in that section you will learn some of the ways that you can support this program financially but you don't have to as I said the best thing you can do is send this on to somebody else so we can continue to grow the audience for all of this information I'm Sean Tubbs the host of it stay safe out there stay dry Uh, stay um, stay stay I'm running out of things to say about stay. In any case, I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day. Goodbye.